right, praise God, hallelujah. Welcome to church in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe your weekend was good. Amen. Sunday is the beginning of a new week, and it's a blessed week for you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. We are doing a new series, and we thank God for what God has begun with us. It's been a time of exploring and um, digging deep into God's Word, and we'll be looking at our consciousness of uh, the new Christian realities that we have and we have become in Christ Jesus. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the privilege to look into your word and to learn at your feet. Our hearts are open and we are grateful for what you've done for us in time past. Thank you for your words that has come to us. Thank you for teaching us and giving us light, illumination by your spirit. We are grateful, Father. Be exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now our hearts are open once again to receive your word. We're asking that your word will come to everyone here present, and our lives will be changed by your word. Thank you for it, Lord. We submit this atmosphere under the influence of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise God. All right, so today um, I will read from our anchor scriptures. I believe you are still um, aware of our anchor scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, and then Psalm 22, verse 30 and 31. So 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And then Psalm 22, verses 30 and 31, a seed shall serve him, and it shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come, and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he hath done this. Glory to God. All right, so today we're looking at what I've titled, Understanding the New Man in Christ. Understanding the New Man in Christ. Glory to God. All right, in understanding the new man in Christ, we must understand that there was an old man before the new man. In other words, the old man was the man that Adam became after the fall. Now, when God wanted to create man, he had a plan. And his plan and his purpose was clear as to the creation of man. In Genesis chapter number 1 and verse 26, the Bible tells us, And God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So God intended to make man in his image and after his likeness. And God did just that in verse 27. It says, so God created man in his own image and in his own likeness. Hallelujah. It says, in the image of God created him, male and female created he them. So God actually created man in his own image. Praise God. Now, Man, the first Adam, was created in the image of God and the likeness of God. And then we know what happened. God gave a commandment in Genesis 2 that man should eat freely of all the fruits of the trees of the garden. But one, the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, says the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now in Genesis 3, the serpent came in. Satan deceived the woman. The man took side with the woman And both of them disobeyed God. And the Bible tells us that their eyes were open and they knew or saw that they were naked. So this was the fall of man. 
So when we talk about the fall of man, that means a fall is always from something to another. All right? So that means man fell from the nature, all right, of God, the image of God, the likeness of God to another image, another likeness. Glory to God. So if you read through scriptures, the description of the fallen man shows that the nature of the fallen man is contrary to the nature of God. In Ephesians chapter number 2, if you read from verse 2 very quickly, the Bible tells us, it says, Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of, the, of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. So it tells us here, verse 3, Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, by nature. So that means this is not the nature of God, evidently. The nature of the children of wrath, meaning children that stare God to wrath, such that what they attract from God is judgment. In other words, they are walking in disobedience again and again and again. If you look at verse 2, Of that same chapter, Ephesians 2, it says, That spirit, the prince of the power of air, the spirit that walks in the children of disobedience. That's not the nature of God, evidently. So what man fell into and onto was the nature of disobedience, the nature of um, rebellion. And that evidently was the nature of Satan. Amen? So if the old creation had not been corrupted or was not corrupted, there would not have been uh, the need for a new creation. Now that man is recreated or created anew is proof that the old creation was contrary to the nature of God, the life of God. So man had fallen from grace to grass. Man had fallen from the image of God, the likeness of God, Onto the image and the likeness of disobedience. Glory to God. So this is why we need to, uh, the reason why we need to understand the old man. And then in understanding the old man, we can better appreciate the new man and the things that grace has done for us. The grace of God has made all the difference in our lives. Amen. So we're going to look at what the Bible says about the old man. First and foremost, the Bible calls the old man a man of sin, a man of unrighteousness, a child of disobedience. Amen. By nature, a child of wrath, meaning someone who has a nature of rebellion, disobedience against God. And that was what Adam became after the fall. Glory to God. So sin was for him was not just transgression as in disobeying the commandment of God, but sin became the nature of man. Sin became the life and the being of man. And we want to look at this from scriptures. Glory to God. All right. So let's start from Ephesians chapter number two. Okay. Now let's start from verse one. We'll read from verse one to verse three. And I want you to see the characteristic of the old man. The fallen man, the man without God, the man without Christ, the man who fell from grace to grass. Amen. Now, look at it. 
verse 1. It says, And you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So the first thing is this. The old man is dead in trespasses and sins. Now, not to, but in trespasses and sins. In other words, that means that's the life, you know, um, an unbeliever lives. He lives in trespasses and sins against God. His conscience, conscience is not sensitive to God. He just lives his life anyhow. He's dead in it. Not dead to it. Dead in it. In trespasses and sin. Now, look at um, the next verse there. It says, Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. Now, that means our walk then, as, you know, unbelievers, was according to the course of this world. In other words, we were following the rhythm of the worldly system. All right? The system that Satan created in rebellion against God. Now, in 1 John 2 and verse 15, the Bible defines this system, you know, being a system that has three departments primarily. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And then it tells us what is in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So the lust of the flesh... The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. These are the three components and departments of the world. So we were walking according to the course of this world. Okay, doing these things again and again, living this way again and again. That's the old man being described there. Praise God. Look at it. According to the prince of the power of the air. Meaning that uh, we were under the lordship and governance and power or authority of the prince of the air. Meaning we were loaded it over by the devil. The prince of the power of the air loaded it over us. As the old man, everyone who is not born again, the Bible tells us that the walk of such a person is according to the course of this world and according to the prince of the power of the air. And then it says, the spirit that walketh in the children of disobedience. So the old man is a child of disobedience. The old man is someone who walks according to the course of this world. In other words, walks according to the culture of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Hallelujah. And then it says, according to the prince of the power of the air. That means that the old man was walking under the influence and lordship and governance of the prince of the power of the air. The Bible tells us that very clearly as well in um, Colossians chapter number 1 and verse 13. The Bible says, God the Father has delivered us from the power of darkness. Colossians 1.13, power of darkness. Glory to God. Power of darkness. He has delivered us from the authority of darkness. Hallelujah. So that means we were under the authority of darkness. The old man is under the authority of darkness. If you're not born again, darkness is ruling you. You may not know it. The prince of the power of the air is ruling you. You may not know it. You may say, well, that's not true. But you see, the prince of the power of the air is actually dictating what you do and how you do what you do, when you you can do it, and where you may do it. Praise God. Amen. That is the old life.
That's the old man. And then if you look at verse 3 of Ephesians chapter number 2, it says, Among whom also we had our conversation. Conversation there simply means our conduct, our culture, our courage, our demeanor. We had our demeanor or courage or conduct in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. So that means we had just one aim, one goal at a time, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. So our mind too was involved. Our sensuality was involved. Our mind, our imagination, our thoughts, our understanding was also involved. We were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And it says we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now, this is the description of the old man. Praise God. Now, if we read further, we understand here that the old man was also described in Ephesians 2. Okay? And verse 12. Look at it. Ephesians 2 and verse 12. It tells us, it says, that at the time you were without Christ. So the old man is without Christ, without the anointing, without the anointed one, without Christ. No mark it. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, we were aliens, strangers from the commonwealth of Israel. In other words, we could not partake of the commonwealth of blessings, the commonwealth of freedom, the commonwealth of God's goodness given to Israel as a custodian of that commonwealth to spread it to the ends of the world. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Strangers. In other words, we were estranged from the covenants of promise. Now, the covenants of promise here, all right, speaks of the covenants God caught with Abraham and then extended through Abraham to the Jews as a nation and then extended to the ends of the world. The first covenant of promise caught with Abraham is this, that in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Hallelujah. And we were strangers from that covenant. We were not partakers of it. So the old man is a stranger from the covenants of promise. Glory to God. Having no hope, hopeless. And without God in the world, without God. Look at it. So number one, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, without Christ to start with. Number two, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Number three, strangers from the covenants of promise. Number four, without hope. Number five, without God in this world. Hallelujah. Godless. Amen. So the old man is godless. There is no fear of God in his eyes. There is no God consciousness within him. That's the old man. And then it tells us again, if you read further, if you read further in um, Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse 22, still describing the old man here. It says the man, the old man is actually the man who has the nature of former conversation of former life that is crafted and patterned according to deceitful lusts. In other words, we were practicing by nature, all right, living out by nature deceit, deceitful lust. 
We were doing all that under that regime and uh, man called the old man. Now, the old man here is also described further to be deceitful in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9. Okay? Deceitful in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9. It says, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. So the old man was a liar. Would tell lies, licking his lips. Tell lies without thinking twice. Amen? The old man was dealt with in Christ. But we're coming to that. Praise God. But looking at the old man here, (laughs) you know, deceit was known with the old man. He was deceitful. Deceitful. Now, if you read on um, describing the old man here, all right, the old man was under the influence of the prince of the power of the air. All right, we've seen that in Ephesians 2 and verse 2. And then, if you read on, the Bible tells us very clearly that the old man was also vain in his imagination. Vain in his imagination. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. It says, because that, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. They became vain in their imaginations. Now, what does it mean to be vain in one's imagination? To be vain in one's imagination is to have an imagination that is void of God, the substance of God, the substance of the fear of God, the substance of the knowledge of God, the substance of faith towards God, vain in their imaginations. And better put in Ephesians 4, if you read from verse 17 to 19, it shows us again the characteristics of the old man. Okay, it says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that he henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Vanity of their mind. All right, vain thoughts, thoughts that are void of God, void of the fear of God, void of the substance of faith, void of the substance of godliness, vain of Vain in their mind, in the vanity of their mind, in the vanity of their mind, vain mind, hallelujah. And then if you read on in verse 18, it tells us, it says, having the understanding darkened. Now that's one of the characteristics of the old man, darkened understanding. Understanding that is darkened, not enlightened. Understanding that is wrapped up in wickedness and darkness, lack of perception of reality, perception of truth. Hallelujah. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. That's the next point there. Alienated from the life of God. In other words, spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. Insensitive to God. Dead in trespasses and sin. Insensitive to God. Hallelujah. And then it says through the ignorance that is in them. Ignorance. Ignorance here speaks of, you know, lack of appreciation of light. Lack of appreciation of that which God gives us to understand. The truth of God. The life of the light of God. The knowledge of God. Hallelujah. The light of the glory of God. Ignorance. And then it says because of the blindness of their heart. 
a blind heart. A blind heart. In other words, the old man is blind at heart. Blind within. See? Blind within. Now, this ignorance is better expansiated here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 5. Okay? But before we get there, go to... Um, let's read verse 19 of Ephesians 4. Quickly. Verse 19 of Ephesians 4. Hallelujah. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. Okay? Lasciviousness here simply means driven lust. Unbridled lust. Outrageousness. Okay? Greed. Greed. All right? And what is known as shamelessness. You know, if you look at unbelievers sometimes, the things they do, you just wonder, are these people, you know, um, shameful in any way? <laughs> you know, the things that they should not display on the outside, they display it with pride because of shamelessness. Okay? Lasciviousness. Driven by lust, unbridled lust. All right? Outrageousness. Um, this is what is called lasciviousness there. It says, who being past feeling have driven, had given themselves over unto lasciviousness to walk all uncleanness with greediness. Okay? So if you look at it, greed was there. All kinds of dirty things, unthinkable th- things, all right, are there in the old man. Now, if you look at First um, Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 5 is telling us here as Christians, it's not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. So they are ignorant of the knowledge of God and they are given to concupiscence. Concupiscence here simply means desire for what is forbidden. They, they have desire for what is forbidden, lust and hunger for what is forbidden. And this is the characteristic of the old man. Amen. And if you read on, okay, go back to Ephesians chapter number 4, and let's look at verse 19 again. Look at verse 19. Okay, verse 19 tells us, it says, Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to walk all uncleanness with greediness. Now, the Apostle Peter put it this way. He said in First Peter 4, if you read from verse 2 to verse 3, how unbelievers live their lives. It says that he no longer, First Peter 4, from verse 2 to 3, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to, lost, to the loss of men, but to the will of God. Okay, see, unbelievers live for lust. They don't live to the will of God. Okay, it is lost. The old man is lustful, always desiring to live for lust, for self, for flesh, for, you know, gratification. Amen. And look at verse 3. It says, for the time past of our life may suffice, may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness. You see it? Lost, excess of wine. Okay, revelings banquetings, and abominable idolatries. You know, if you look at the old man, the old man loves partying. Amen? Oh, I'm there. Glory to God. And just partying, going every weekend is busy. 
from January to December. Parting, just parting, showing off, you know, making statement that I've, I've arrived, I've made it. And whereas the money is not there, okay, but it's just, you know, pride of life, just showing off, telling people that you have made it, you can afford all the Yashwebi, amen, and everything. It's just that drive. It is the old man. Now, when we get born again, you, sh- you should understand that that drive shouldn't be there anymore. It does not mean we shouldn't celebrate with people, but the drive to be going around showing off, the drive to be going around and you just want to show off, tell people you have arrived. We are not making any statement, all right, to anybody. We are not proving any points to anybody. Amen? We are living our lives to the glory of God. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. I said amen. Now, looking at that, you understand that the old man is actually the man that is sold out to sin, to Satan, to unrighteousness, and is under the lordship of Satan, the lordship of the world, okay? Um, Caught in the web, trapped in the web of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, just trying to get out. Okay, by nature, you know, struggling and struggling and struggling and struggling. But thank God for grace. Hallelujah. Thank God for salvation. Thank God for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that came to save us. Hallelujah. Jesus took our place. Glory to God. And then we were recreated. Now, I said all that in order that, you know, you might understand how life ought to be like now. In other words, you ought to know how to live your life now. You know, not in the lust of the flesh anymore, not in the vanity of our mind. Amen? But your mind ought to be full of God. Not in the vanity of imagination, but in the substance of our imagination, imagining every form of godliness every form of righteousness, and then working those things out in Christ. Can someone say amen to that? That's the kind of life God has called us to. So, what is the new man? What is the new man? Let's look at who the new man is. Hallelujah. Now, John chapter number 3, if we start the reading here from verse 3, when Jesus Christ, the rabbi of rabbis, was educating Nicodemus, a rabbi of the Jews. Hallelujah. And he was showing him what it meant. It meant to be born again. What it meant to be saved. What it meant to be a brand new man in God. Hallelujah. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again. So the introduction of the word born again was actually done by Jesus Christ. Born again. Now, born again is not a religious word. Amen. It's a kingdom concept. Glory to God. He said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So it is a kingdom concept. Hallelujah. Except a man be born again. Born again. So what did Jesus mean By being born again. In other words, becoming a new man. Being born anew. Being born a new man in Christ. Now, Jesus meant something very profound. Okay? Jump to verse 6 for time. 
Jesus, okay, six, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So Jesus meant to be born again or born anew spiritually. In other words, to be born anew within you. In other words, for the man on the inside to be born anew. That's what it means, to be born again. Amen? I said amen. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Now, when a child is born into this world, the child is born um, flesh and blood. In other words, it is the physical side of the child that you see. Amen? In other words, you see the baby, all right, the body of the child. You see all the different parts of the child born into this world. Glory to God. Now, that is fleshly birth. Okay, there's spiritual birth. When a man is born again, it simply means that there's a part of that man within, deep within, that is the spirit of man that is born again. So it is the spirit of man that becomes a brand new person. Glory to God. Amen. John chapter number 4 and verse 24. The Bible tells us that God is a spirit And they that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. So, God is a spirit. When God made man in his own image, Genesis 1, verse 24, 26, Genesis 1, 26, and then 27, God actually created man, a spirit being that has a soul and lives in a body. So, man has a physical side, which is the body, and man has a soul, an eternal soul, that is filled and sponsored by spirit. Hallelujah. A spirit. A spirit being. Glory to God. You know, in Genesis 2 and verse 7, the Bible says, God formed the body of man from the dust of the earth, the dust of the ground. And he breathed into him the breath of life, and man became, come on now, a living soul. So there's the body side of man, there's the soul side of man, and there's the spirit side of man. Praise God. Now, the spirit side of man is the side of man or the part of man that is born again. Jesus was explaining this to um, Nicodemus, and he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, to be born again simply means to be born of the spirit. In other words, it is spirit rebirth. Your spirit is born anew, born again, with the nature of God, born again with the being of God, born again with the DNA of God, born again with the chromosome of God, born again with the life of God, born again with the codedness of God and the character of God coded in your spirit. That's what it means to be born again. So that means when a man gets born again, all right, his physical body will not change at that time of salvation or new birth. Okay, his mind, his soul may not change, but something has changed within him. He's born anew in the spirit. Glory to God. When a child is born into this world, it is a body that is born into this world that we can, not a spirit. If the spirit came, or no, the spirit of a child came out of the womb of the, of the mother, people say, where's the child? Where's the child? Okay, they can't see the child because it was a spirit that came out. But you see, it was blood bone and flesh that came out amen the body of the child that's fleshly birth now spiritual birth 
is a rebirth of the spirit life, spirit being, spirit character, spirit DNA of, a, of man. Such that you're born anew is a spiritual thing. Glory to God. So when someone gets born again and a new man is born into this world, it is a spirit new man that is born into this world. Hallelujah. It's a spirit new man that is born into the body of that person who just got born again. In other words, his spirit nature is changed. His spirit nature is changed and transformed. He's born into God, born with the DNA of God, born with the capacity of God, born with the character of God, born with God's being, hallelujah, deep within his spirit. So his high leads may not change, his complexion, all right, is still the same, praise God, but deep within something new has happened. And that man has become a child of God. He's born anew. And that man is called the new man. It's called the new man. Glory to God. The old man is gone. The old nature is gone. That is corrupt in all kinds of unrighteousness and deceitful lust is gone. The new man is now born into this world. Born into the body of that man. The body has not changed. The mind is still the same. But deep within, a spiritual rebirth has taken place. And that is what is called new birth. Glory to God. That's the new man. Hallelujah. That's the new man. Can someone say amen to that? That's the new man. Now look at the description of the new man here. Quickly, Ephesians chapter number 2. If we read from verse 14 to 15. All right. It says, For Jesus Christ is our peace, who had made both one and had broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Go on, read on. Amen. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twine, in other words of two, one new man, so making peace. One new man. So one new man here simply means a new man comprising the Jews and the Gentiles who believe in Jesus Christ. And that new man is called the church. The church of God, not a building. The church of God. Not just people gathering together. The church of God. The spiritual entity called the body of Christ. One new man. Glory to God. So when a man gets born again, by believing in Jesus Christ as the one who died for his sins and was raised again for his justification and confessing Jesus Christ as Lord of his life, that person is engrafted into one new man. That is the body of Christ. Glory to God. One new man. Can someone say amen to that? One new man. (laughs) Glory to God. So the new man is engrafted into the body of Christ. The body of Christ is one new man, comprising the Gentiles and the Jews. Hallelujah. And this is powerful. This is powerful. So that's the new man there. Okay. Now, understanding further the new man. If you read on, okay, jump to verse 16, if you can. Okay. All right. So you can see here that the enmity between Jews and Gentiles, that's the law. 
was taken out of the way by the cross of Jesus Christ. And then Jesus married both the Gentiles and the Jews together in the church through faith in him. Glory to God. This is what is called the one new man. Amen? I said amen. (laughs) All right. Glory to God. So in the one new man, there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. No difference. There's no difference of any kind. The Jew and the Greek are now one in Christ. Can someone say amen to that? Now, furthermore, in Ephesians chapter number 4, understanding the new man. Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse 24. Now, I want you to see this. This is very important. He said, and that he put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, stay there. And that you put on the new man, the new man, which after God. So that means the new man was created after God. In other words, pattern after God's nature, pattern after God's character, created after God, after God's being, God's DNA, in righteousness and true holiness. So the new man is created after God in righteousness and true holiness so that means the new man has a craving for righteousness a craving for true holiness the desire to love god the desire to serve god the desire to do things right the desire to make things right the desire to do things right amongst believers and even in the world glory to god it says this new man is patterned after god Created in righteousness and true holiness. So the new man has an appetite for righteousness. The new man has the nature of righteousness. The nature of God. Can someone say amen to that? The nature of God. Now, I want you to understand this. All right. I may shed more light on this later. But let me just say this. This is very important. Now, in Romans chapter number 3. If you read verse 21. Okay, it says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So it's speaking of the righteousness of God without the law. Okay, read on verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe, upon all them that believe. So what does that mean? It simply means there's a righteousness of faith. Okay, which is unto all and upon all that believe. Now, all here simply means everyone who believes. But I want you to note those two uh, prepositions there, unto and upon. Unto and upon. So, when a man believes in Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that he's justified. Righteousness is imputed unto him. But he says this righteousness is not just unto him, it's also upon him. In other words, not only does he have this righteousness, but he becomes it by nature. All right, because the Bible tells us in Romans, I mean Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24, that the new man is actually created. After God created in righteousness, it's a creation. In righteousness and true holiness. So what does that mean? It simply means that the new man by nature is righteous. Glory to God. In other words, has the nature and the being and character of righteousness. Now don't forget that 
or better put, remember that man has three dimensions. The new man is the spirit man deep within born again. The soul is still there, okay, unrenewed. The body is still there, still craving for some of those, um, from some of those things that, you know, the man within, the old man used to crave after. Are you what I'm saying here? So, you know, that configuration of the body is still there. And we have to undo it. Glory to God. Amen. The Bible calls it the mortifying of the flesh. And then the configuration of the mind is still there. All right. We have to renew the mind. What the Bible calls renewing the mind, renewal of the mind. So sometimes Christians, some Christians may ask and say, well, you say the new man has desire for righteousness. How come I still have this desire for godliness and all that? You have to renew your mind the way you think. All right. By feeding on God's word and acting on the word. Number two, you have to learn to put your body under, mortifying the deeds of the body. <laughs> amen. I said amen. But you see, the root of unrighteousness, the root, you see, fruit comes from root. Amen. You cannot have fruit without root. It is root, the root that sustains the fruit. So that means now that the root, the old man is cut off, and it's gone, the new man has come. If you renew your mind and put your body under, your body will not desire unrighteousness anymore. But truly spoken of a truth, the man on the inside is now longing after righteousness because he's a new man created, you know, in righteousness and true holiness. He's a man patterned after God, created in righteousness and true holiness. So that's, there's a longing within. If you will let that longing come out, amen, by renewing your soul, you, you will notice that the new man is actually of God indeed. In other words, made of God, God's character, God's nature, God's life, God's being, God's DNA. All right, First John 4 and verse 4, it says, Little children, you are of God. And you have overcome them. You are of God. Hallelujah. You are of God. So you are of God. A child of God by nature. By spirit nature, spirit life, spirit being, spirit character is of God. If you are born again for real, you are of God. You have that nature, that craving. Now you have to learn how to bring your soul and your body into alignment with your new nature, your new being, the new man, so that your mind is not contrary to the desires of the new man. Your body is not contrary to the desires of the new man. Your body is desiring what the new man desires. All right, Your soul desires what the new man desires. So you are patterning your life after what has happened within the new cravings, the new desire in the new nature, the new man that you have become in Christ. This is what is called walking in the spirit. Amen. You walk in the spirit. In other words, you let the desire of the new man rule your mind by renewing your mind to the word of God and putting your body under. The moment your mind is renewed to God's word, by feeding on God's word and acting on the word of God, two are better than one. Your renewed mind takes side with your born-again spirit, and your body cannot stand any chance. Hallelujah. <laughs> your body must succumb. Glory to God. Come on, are we together? 
this, this is the new man here. Okay? So the new man after God created, is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. Look at Colossians 3 and verse 10. Colossians 3 and verse 10. Hallelujah. It says, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So you see the new man here is actually renewed in knowledge. In other words, we'll find expression through knowledge in the soul. Knowledge in the soul here is your mind being renewed. And then the new man also can find full expression through that knowledge, the light in your soul. And then you can know for real that indeed you are the image of God and the likeness of God. You can tell. You know, the renewed mind is like um, seeing through a window during winter or during rainy season when the weather is very cold. Let's say I'm a turn now on this side of divide. Praise God. And, you know, there's that mist there blocking, obscuring visibility. So you, you clean the window. You clean it, you clean it, you clean it, you clean it. And when you clean it that way, okay, you can see through that window and you can see what's happening outside. Or if you want to see from outside, you know, inside, you can see what's happening inside. If you want to see from inside out, you can see what's happening outside. Glory to God. Amen. When you renew your mind, you can better appreciate who you are in Christ. It's, it's like seeing through the window. The window is clean and there's no obscurity, nothing foggy. All right, no mist of any kind. You can see through your renewed mind and appreciate who you are in Christ Jesus. And the moment you appreciate who you are in Christ Jesus, you are changed, you are transformed from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. Amen? In other words, the Holy Spirit will change you into that image that you see of the glory of God. The new man is actually renewed in knowledge after the image of God that created him. So this man was created after the image of God. And as you get to know that this man was created after the image of God in your mind, and your mind gets renewed, you appreciate who you are in Christ more and more and more and more. And as you do, you go from glory to glory to glory. You are transformed. Glory to God. Amen. You can better appreciate what Christ has done for you. Can someone say amen to that? Wow, have you been blessed? Glory to God. I wish I could go on, but for time. I want us to lift up our hands right now and thank God for who we are in Christ. Go ahead and give God praise. Thank Him. Mm. Thank Him for who you are in Christ. Go ahead and appreciate Him. Thank Him. You are born again. You are a child of God. You have a craving for righteousness. It's deep within you. It's there. All right, you have a craving for righteousness. It's there. Don't let your mind block that craving. Renew your mind. Put your body under in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a craving for righteousness. The new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. This new man after God, created after God in righteousness and true holiness. Hallelujah. That desire is there. That desire is there. Glory to God. Lift up your hands and give God praise. Thank Him. Father, we're grateful. We're, we're grateful. We thank you. Blessed be your holy name. 
in Jesus mighty name amen and amen I'll tell you more uh, next week Sunday by the grace of God alright until then keep basking in the knowledge of your newness in Christ in Jesus name amen God bless you